0: Dueling Genre Productions presents...
1: Oh my god, do you see that?
0: When a freak accident strikes McKinney City, ordinary citizens are given amazing abilities.
2: I can move things
1: with my mind. Oh my god, I'm flying. I can fly. I can teleport and I can fly. Super
2: senses.
0: What, like Daredevil? We are just playing fast and loose with this whole science thing today,
2: aren't we? Now, there are villains.
0: Billy, when you have an arch nemesis, do you just kill them immediately? No. You tie the ropes just loose enough so that they can keep escaping. <laughs> that way, when you finally do win the day, you can sleep well knowing that you rose to the challenge. Your brain works differently than other people's, doesn't it? And heroes.
1: I'm Markowitz. Gwendolyn Allen, Jeffrey Gibson, Mindy Gibson, Simon Holtz. Splendid, you're all here. I'm going
2: to make you all into superheroes. Screw it. Let's go save the day. The Powerful.
0: After I drain everyone here, McKinney City will be mine!
2: I'm going to show this whole city what real passion truly is. And the underdogs.
1: You're all imagining me as a singing, dancing chipmunk right now, aren't you?
2: The people in that store need help, and we can help them in a way no one else can. We have great power, which means there are our responsibility. I mean, Jesus, what's the point of having five freaking Spider-Man movies if we can't even learn to do that?
0: Geek by Night, an original podcast series about five friends running a comic book store with superpowers.
2: You're really going to keep running a comic book shop while trying to be
1: superheroes? It might not always be easy, but I think the world could use a few more underdogs.
0: Available at DuelingGenre.com and podcast apps everywhere.
2: Dueling Genre.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to the protagonist podcast where each week we look at a great character in a great story except when we don't and this week we're not. I am uh, joined by producer Andrew. Welcome Andrew to the main discussion Hi. and returning guest Mav. Welcome Mav. Hey, how are you to discuss like the forever. MCU. Oh, yes. Well, uh, peek behind the curtains. It's been about five minutes since we stopped recording our previous episode with you, Mav. Uh, This week we are discussing the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and this was a request from patron Ryan. So thank you, Ryan, uh, for asking us to cover this. And it's going to be more of uh, kind of what you do over on your podcast, Mav. Uh, yeah. where we're going to have a freewheeling discussion about this pop culture topic. So why don't you real quick uh, tell the listeners about your podcast and then we'll <laughs> get into this discussion here.
2: Well, I am the regular host of the Vox Popcast. You can uh, www.voxpopcast.com or the Vox Popcast on iTunes or, you know, Stitcher or wherever podcasts come from. <laughs> I think we're on Spotify, but our show is a, con- the concept is it's, A pseudo-academic conversation, but also um, the kind of conversation that you'd have on a pop culture topic with your friends at a bar, and we just mashed them together. So we always say it it is a thoughtful, academic critique of pop culture with drinking and swearing. (laughs) <laughs> That's what we do. <laughs> so it's the, so, yeah, the level of discourse that you find fits. in a conference. Yeah.
1: <laughs> now, now, Mav, I thought of you for this topic because we first met at an academic conference in the comic book studies area. Uh, yeah. So, so you have strong bona fides uh, to, to come <laughs> on
2: and and talk about uh, comic books at, at least, right? Yeah. There's a there's a good twenty page section of my dissertation that talks about the way that it that that the way that i'm not mostly talking about comics not so much the films in there but it's about the way in which shared universes and continuities sort of interact with each other in comics so you, how do we fit 75 year or actually when I said 75 um at this point 80 something years of captain america continuity into a story that's supposed to take place over you know eight years of real time, same thing with Batman or <laughs> Superman. And then what happens when you merge, when Spider-Man and Captain America live in the same universe, how do you deal with that? So that that's what I, what I do for one point of my dissertation. And it's, it's something I think about a lot, you know, much like every other comic book geek in the world.
1: Right. (laughs) Yeah, this this (laughs) is something that we we definitely think about. So, uh, listeners, just a little bit of background on this topic before we just, again, have that freewheeling discussion. The Marvel Cinematic Universe began with Iron Man in 2008. It's only been... 10 years though it certainly can feel like this has just been pop culture for a long time uh but marvel having a presence at the box office began mostly with iron man in in 2000 or at least the the current our understanding the mcu there were spider-man films and x-men films before that but we will probably and blade oh and blade yes um and And thus far three (laughs) and, and and nick
0: fury in the 80s Oh, oh, no, no, no,
1: no, There was no, Nick Fury <laughs> on, at, the, at the box office. David Hasselhoff was has for never TV, been a TV Hasselhoff, uh, Nick Fury oh. movie. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> that was box in the night I movie, used, versus,
2: versus. I use the, the word movie story. lightly Movie movies <laughs> with, with quotes around it. <laughs> I remember
1: watching that uh, when it aired on television. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but uh but I'm the Marvel Cinematic the Universe, yeah. yes,
1: <laughs> is Iron Man in 2008 through now at this time of this recording, 20 more 20 films encapsulate uh, the the Marvel Cinematic Universe or the MCU as it's called. And this year, we know we're going to have three more films: Captain Marvel, Avengers End Game, and Spider Man: Far From Home, that are going to be part of the MCU that are scheduled for release this year. And Marvel has staked claims. On, I think, three spots in 2020, but they have not officially assigned any film titles or, you know, which, which, uh, you know, movies are going to be going into those. So the MCU will be an ongoing concern for American popular culture uh, (laughs) into the future. But uh, before we get into the full discussion, we just want to thank you for downloading this episode and joining us. We want to thank those of you who support us on Patreon. If you would like to support us financially, we invite you to go to patreon.com slash protagonist and support our show with at least a dollar per month. Any supporter on Patreon at any level receives access to our special quick cast when we talk about uh, new TV shows, movies, or books uh, that we are watching or reading. And we also give updates on our fantasy box office and any patron who supports us at $5 per month or more gets to choose a top for us to discuss. So now uh, let's talk some about the MCU, which has really redefined uh, the filmmaking industry in the last decade in a way that I don't think anyone anticipated when Marvel said, We are going to risk bankrupting our entire company to make an Iron Man movie.
2: Uh huh. Oh, that was. Yeah, I mean, even before talking about the, the the concept of shared universes and and what it means, which, but that decision in and of itself was, I mean, yes, in retrospect, they've made seventeen billion dollars and great, but at the time that was really dumb. <laughs> it's just not yeah. like I remember when I was on, it, Like I'm a comic book fan and have been my entire life, but it's like, wait, you're going, you are. It, I mean, they essentially. Went into a casino and just like, I'm gonna let it all ride on black. I'm just gonna put it all on one number. Just let, let, like, let's here it goes, Iron Man and Robert
0: Downey <laughs> Jr. specifically.
2: Yeah, because Robert Downey Jr. was, I mean, it, like looking at him, not I Not a go, sure why? thing. Not a sure thing. As a comic book fan, as a fan of Robert Downey Jr.'s work, I go, Yeah, I see why they picked him for Iron Man, but he was, his career was not going well at that time. <laughs> he was not, <laughs> yeah. And Iron Man was not a household name right now. And, you know, in 20, in 2019, it's hard to understand that there was a time where, where I had to going to that movie and taking my wife, I had to explain to her why we were going to see this film and who Iron Man was, because no one knew back then <laughs> Spider-Man. She knows Batman. She knows and Iron Man who he's a
0: robot. I, I've heard yeah. that part of the marketing campaign, like they had to give them a directive To say, make it clear he's not a robot. Yeah, (laughs) he looks like Like that. It it was it was that that critical. (laughs) Like the the cultural concept of Iron Man was so shallow that they had to say, "We are like putting a directive in your marketing budget. Make sure that everyone
1: knows he's not a robot,
0: because Uh, it will make people
1: think he's going to be a robot." Yeah, but but even for comic book fans, like within Marvel Comics, Iron Man was a B list character you know for, for most best. of, of <laughs> like maybe b plus history, history yeah but but he was uh, so so the big hitters for marvel comics were spider-man and the x-men and the big Eerie. hitters for for DC were obviously like Superman Batman like those are like your A list that have penetrated popular culture so that they're household names and because of not just the popularity in comic books though those would be the most popular comic books but because of their presence in animated uh you know Saturday morning cartoons or movie serials or other things that they've penetrated the popular cult- culture consciousness to a point where everyone knows Bruce Wayne's Batman even if they don't know why they know that they know that Iron Man did not have anything approaching that level of cachet when Marvel Uh, In a move that, like uh, Mav said, was a really bold gamble, they um, took out – if my memory is right, because I was following this pretty closely, they took out a $400 million loan, and the collateral was the (laughs) rights to every character they had that wasn't sold off. Because in the 90s, um, Marvel had sold off the rights to Spider-Man to Sony, and the X-Men to Fox, and the Fantastic Four to Fox, Um, and even the Fantastic Four had more cachet than Iron Man, (laughs) if if,
2: if that makes any sense to anyone today. Um, So they they said to avoid bankruptcy, they were, yeah, to avoid bankruptcy, they had they had essentially sold sold film rights in perpetuity to any character that someone was willing to buy. So they so those were the big ones. But they also at that time did not have access to Blade or to the Hulk Ghost Rider or Ghost Rider or pretty much anybody that you saw a movie of in the 90s and Namor. Nobody ever ever made a movie, but he was up there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but uh the so those characters were gone
1: but Marvel saw particularly with Spider-Man and the X-Men they said these are these movies are making hundreds of millions of dollars if not billions of dollars and Marvel as a company uh had they had not made very s- smart deals in the contracts so they were getting a very small percentage if my memory is right i read somewhere they got like a set amount no matter how much spider-man made they got a set amount mm-hmm. and it was you know a few million dollars uh you know millions of dollars not anything approaching the billions of dollars so they saw that these characters were worth and so they said well fine mm-hmm. we are going to go into the movie making businesses before disney bought marvel so this was the company betting everything on mm-hmm. Iron Man right oh yeah well once once (laughs) Disney saw Iron Man they're like okay we'll buy that (laughs) we'll get in that business yeah Um,
0: like Disney's decision was definitely influenced by the success that Marvel had with this maneuver mm -hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. and so we get um the i mean the the release order in those early years it's iron man and incredible hulk in the first year iron man is a massive hit incredible hulk does fine like it doesn't i don't think it lost the money <laughs> but it wasn't like oh this was the right move because of incredible yeah. hulk it was because of iron man that it was that the people said oh they, they they might have something and again we're so used to it at this point that it's almost um it's weird to point out that the idea of Iron Man and the incredible Hulk having movies come out and the movies acknowledging these are in the same universe was, was, uh, revolutionary for the time it had been done before with like the monster movies. Uh, that was kind of a shared universe in the thirties and forties for, for universal. So this isn't the first shared universe, but it had, was a trope or a style of storytelling that had been completely abandoned by Hollywood studios. Um, Mm -hmm. but it's something that Marvel comics knew extremely well because of their publishing history. And they said, no, no, trust us. This storytelling works. And all of Hollywood was kind of like, you can't do that. (laughs) <laughs> like, like you, you you don't you're not you're your not gonna get the deals all, right.
0: right you can't yeah. you can't get the actors to commit to it properly and mm-hmm. and all of those things and it, it probably wouldn't have worked if you hadn't gotten robert downey jr to step into a credit scene in the hulk
1: yes sorry yeah. and, and well, credits. but before that, a credit before scene before scene, that which makes something. no yeah. sense yeah yes <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> yeah but which but really doesn't that I remember
2: Remember Iron Man, when, um, when they released Iron Man, Iron Man was, look, we're going to go into the movie business. And we're going to make this Iron Man movie. And everybody was like, what? And they made, we're, we've got Robert Downey Jr. And remember, why? You know, he, again, he was washed up. He'd had a, he had, he'd had some personal life problems at the time that we don't need yeah. to get into. A, a and, very <laughs> bright
0: star that everyone had considered fizzled out.
2: Yes. And they make this movie. An and they didn't tell anybody. Well. Yeah. Yes, very much. <laughs> they didn't tell anybody it was a shared universe. The way that we found out was uh, so what they released in the marketing you talked about, yeah, trust us he's not a robot. But they said we're going to make this Iron Man movie, we're going to go into our superhero movie. And I remember very well n- the commercials didn't say this, but Marvel had linked to the internet, the blogosphere at the time, you know, the wizard magazine types, if you remember wizard magazine. Cool news. Yeah, yeah, ble- yeah, ble- they they'd said just make sure you stay through the credits that's all they said post credit things weren't really a thing at that point you know we had like like Ferris Bueller's day off has one but it wasn't common I mean, like it is now in movies I think there i mean marvel movies had had
0: some i think some of the x men movies had something yeah. But really, really small and insignificant element. Yeah, and
2: that's and that's what everybody really was expecting. They're just like, there's something in the credits. Just make sure you stay for it. I like, was like, okay, all right, sure. Fine. You know, and, it'll be a little thing, and I'll appreciate it because I'm a comic book. Because
0: I'm a comic book. I bookie.
1: do remember this too. They had not included it for the critics' screenings, so no one knew what it was. There were no right. leaks about it before the opening weekend.
2: Right, no one knew. And then all of a sudden, you yeah, know, the movie ends, and it's just him walking through a dark room, his living room, and. And you hear the voice. And if you're a big enough, I'm not just a comic fan. I'm also, if you listen to my show, I'm, I'm a huge movie buff. So I know Samuel L. Jackson's voice and he's, he's just wandering through and, 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 and you hear, I don't remember exactly. What you said something like, hello, Mr. Stark or something like that. And I just like, I just remember like freezing in my seat. And as I said, I'm there with my wife and it's just like, Oh my God. And She's like, what? And I'm like, it's just like quiet i have to pay attention to everything that happens for the next couple minutes (laughs) you know like and you just and he's in shadows and it's the voice and if you are enough of a comic fan then you know that like you hear samuel jackson's voice and you start putting it together in your head you're like oh my god that's samuel jackson wait a minute samuel jackson is the visual pattern for nick fury in the ultimate universe (laughs) and it's like uh, something amazing is about to happen. I need to pay attention to everything now. And then he, you know, he says, you know, they're, you're not the only one or whatever. It's like, I'm here to talk to you about the Avengers initiative. And then at that point, like suddenly in my seat in, in our local theater, I, it, there's the moment where I realize, Oh, this changes everything. This is literally, this is a new age of movies for me. This is, <laughs> like, I like my entire world literally changes at that moment during, you know, in the last 10 seconds of screen time of the first iron man movie that's a change
1: it's so yeah that those end credit scenes that say like literally you're part of something bigger or a larger world um we are like introduce the idea that okay we're really going to do the interconnected storytelling that we've done in comics but looking back at the timeline of the of the mcu which has been divided into three phases um, and phase one built up to the Avengers phase two built up to age of Ultron and phase three built up to, well, both Avengers infinity war and Avengers Endgame. game. Uh, you know, so, so we're going to have these solo adventures of these characters and bring them all together is kind of what the storytelling is, which is a classic comic book thing to do. Um, but mm-hmm. that phase one was a really slow rollout. So you had Iron Man and incredible Hulk both came out in 2008. Marvel did not release the movie in 2009. Yeah. um and they only released one in 2010 and it was iron man 2 like now we expect three marvel films a year that's pretty much their schedule and we get yeah, <laughs> two or three <laughs> two or three baseline these are go- they're gonna come out yes. but yeah so uh iron man and incredible hulk 2008 nothing 2009 iron man 2 2010 thor 2011 captain america 2011 and then avengers in 2012 they finally you know brought, brought all those characters together um
2: nothing so, else in 2012. 2012 that's no, it. It's
1: just the yeah, Avengers. Yeah, just the Avengers, <laughs> which they did fine with that. That was that worked. <laughs> yeah. Um but that that was the moment where the, with the Avengers I think where all of Hollywood kind of sat up and said, "Oh, they've done something. Now we need to try and do it." it and it so did many work. other it studios work. have been trying to chase that dragon um uh, and it has not worked <laughs> out particularly For well. anybody. <laughs> For uh like DC would be the natural. Warner Brothers and DC would be the very natural Competitor to this, and um, I think they've had a mixed back in terms of their <laughs> output. I will just say it that way. And that then uh, Universal, it, yes, and, and,
0: and that's <laughs> and that's just in in reference to what they've actually released. We won't dig into what's scheduled or announced or filming or uh, maybe filming
1: or, or was announced the next was getting never written. Again. <laughs> Um, but Universal yeah. said, "Oh, we can do this with our monsters. And they released that Tom Cruise mummy movie, which was supposed to be the the start of a big shared monster universe. And they've kind of and wasn't pulled there, the plug' wasn't on there that like a
0: Dracula wasn't there a Dracula untold yeah. that was supposed to do it like yeah, two they, years before? Yeah, and they're, they're like, okay, that was, that was a stutter step. We're we're
2: trying again yeah. with Tom Cruise. Yeah, they've they've restarted it twice now. <laughs> they just they they don't want to let it go because everybody wants you want the shared universe. It's a it's a, I mean, it's when you look at it, it makes sense. Marvel has now on a budget of about four billion dollars, including the twenty movies out. They have made seventeen billion dollars, almost eighteen billion, and that's uh, just which a, is a that's great return on
1: investment. Yes, <laughs> and. And what, and what it does is it turns characters like Ant Man uh, into yeah. You know, those movies do not make nearly as much money as the Avengers, obviously. But Marvel doesn't expect them to. Mm-hmm. They get a smaller budget, and they come out, and and the studio is going to get uh you know hundreds of millions of dollars because it has the Marvel name on it. At this point, there's enough goodwill built in mm-hmm. that uh and
0: you they know, can release Guardians of the Galaxy, <laughs>
2: right? Which <laughs> I remember when. Uh,
0: Nothing. That was a crazy.
1: That was almost as big a risk as Iron Man. When Thor: The Dark World had the t- teaser tag on um, for Guardians of the Galaxy, I remember everyone was saying, "Oh, Marvel's gonna have a
2: misfire." Yeah. That did not look good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Is that guy a tree? <laughs> what? <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> but, uh, but then Guardians of the Galaxy just fight. So, like the, the what maybe one of the most impressive things for all 20 films that they put out though, is that at least in my mind, they're not all great, but they have not released a bad film.
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> they, yeah. They, even, even the ones that I don't like that much are. And okay. I, they're, I don't, they're not, yeah. they're not terrible. They're not, they're not garbage. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know your audience as well as I know my audience. I know that on my show, we have some fans who are more fan. I'm going to put this very politely. We have some listeners who are, bigger fans of the DC universe than I am of the DC extended universe film <laughs> universe than I am. That's a polite way of saying it. I think, I think it's, I think it's the worlds of DC. Yeah. What, now. Whatever. <laughs> um, however, if you just want to be, be however, I might feel personally about those movies you have to acknowledge they haven't had the critical or financial success that Warner wants them to. Warner Warner says this. Uh Justice League actually lost money. A movie that stars Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman lost money at the box office and that's not a good thing. That's not something that should happen. And Marvel even with their lowest their lowest um a budgeted film which i not budgeted their lowest producing film which i think is the incredible Hulk is the one that's made the least money it's still profitable made a they made a hundred million dollars on that that's that's not bad you know that's a good that, that is a good day and dollars. also the incredible hulk is not superman and batman right 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 so i so so it's it's something it, I understand why every studio wants this. So, you know, you, uh, if you if you realize if you think about it, most studios don't release at that many movies. We, you know, the the big studios, your Sony, your well Disney's a special case, but your Sony, your Paramount, your Universal, they have about a dozen to 15 big budget films a year. You know, I'm not talking like smaller indie films, but like your the movies that they expect to make the bulk of their finances on. That's a dozen movies a year. It's not that many. Mm -hmm. And so to suddenly say, hey, we want to bank three of these a year on a franchise that we know is going to be a return on investment. Disney can afford to lose money on a solo. They don't want to, but they can afford to lose money on a solo because they know – well, Ant Man makes something, and oh my god, I made a billion dollars with Black Panther. How'd that happen? So, so you know, so that's a, so that's a that's a reasonable it's a reasonable thing for any studio to want. It's a good problem to have. I mean, and it's it's
0: been so significant that Disney has now bought Fox, which means right. that they will have access to the rights to characters that Marvel lost in the nineties. They
2: have put the band back together, so to speak. <laughs> And they, and they also have their deal with Sony. So they, you know, so, so that, yeah. So now this, this,
0: like with the, with the Sony deal, we can also talk about the MCU now actually spans more than one company. Mm -hmm. Like it it is a film universe that crosses the corporate boundary from production studios, Mm -hmm. which is ridiculous (laughs) that you can actually have that level of cooperation. Like these characters and this universe is so significant that to, massive companies disney marvel and and sony would agree to split profit on a spider-man movie which is you know one of the biggest characters in pop culture yes and they'll say yeah we, we can split this because it'll be better for both of us
2: so yeah spider-man yeah spider-man absolutely the biggest character in 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 the universe so yeah and and i understand why marvel wants a piece of that like marvel we talked about iron man being a risk if marvel had decided in 2008 if they had had the power to decide we're gonna make some spider-man movies everybody would go yeah, that makes sense. It scales. I understand. I understand why you want to do that. Yeah. The Iron Man was questionable. They couldn't because Sony had the the rights in perpetuity. And I should I should mention, as long as they make a movie every X number, yeah. Of and the the Fantastic Four one was the really was the really bad deal. They th- that was one of the ones they sold off. Um, the deal was that long as you launch some movie every within five years, the clock resets and you retain it for longer. So. Hence the really bad Fantastic Four movie that nobody has ever seen by Roger Corman, and hence the I, oh not that yeah. one sorry I was I was thinking about the more recent yeah. terrible yeah. Fantastic Four yeah. movie and, I, and I,
0: saw, I saw most of that on TV in a hotel one time yeah. and and it was
2: real yeah. bad yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah because they were just because everybody realizes that they well we these rights are worth something so so the studios are not going to give the Spider Man license back there's no there is yeah. nothing you can do. So, you know Spider-Man will always be profitable on some level so if Sony can make a dollar with it they weren't they weren't going to give that license back so that's why they made the Marvel thing and then Marvel was so su- successful with the with the MCU with Iron Man that they said that Tony said well you know we didn't do as well with Amazing Spider-Man 2 as we thought we did let's let's talk <laughs> and so so now yeah. you have this universe fans two companies we didn't, we didn't mention we didn't
0: spend men, mention so much um but like Sony kind of gave it a shot to do their own expanded universe with just the Spider-Man stuff that they had and yeah. it didn't take
2: <laughs> well that's cuz you know that's Sp- Spider-Man 2 if you if you've not seen Spider-Man 2 Spider-Man 2 very much has Amazing Spider Man. Uh, so yes, Amazing Spider Man two very much serves as or attempts to serve as a launching ground for uh, for their own expanded universe for no apparent reason. It's like, let's walk past this suit that clearly belongs to the vulture. Yes. You know, like let's just let's just see you know, yeah. it. Let's just point and point then, at stuff, you know. And now weirdly, Sony is
0: still kind of wanting that yes. because they made Venom yes. without any Spider Man
1: content. And that's to tie and, in and they're making Morbius too. Yeah, they've got Morbius which
2: is yeah. uh, and they've got the living vampire. And they've got in some level of production maybe because it was supposed to be a um joint movie Silver between yeah, between Silver Silver Sable and Black Cat, two of my favorite characters actually, who have nothing to do with each other in the comic books, but you know, they, they <laughs> I haven't heard anything about that since they started talking about the Morbius film well Which they split the they keep talking yeah. about it's probably on the shelf morbius is probably going to happen venom 2 is absolutely going to happen because venom made a lot of money and but see it's also not even clear and sony has been cagey about it is venom in the marvel universe and the answer is maybe you know, <laughs> depends on if contracts can be worked out. <laughs> well, probably
1: but, what that means. <laughs> so I, I they don't want to close I, the door on it. Like Sony would want it to be, and they don't. But they don't have permission yet. They don't want to close the door.
2: I think. I think. Yeah. yeah. So
1: I, I think they're leaving it open
0: because, like, we can't say it is. Yeah. But. We can say that we're not saying it's not.
2: And I I think (laughs) Feige is like, yeah, fine, whatever. I don't care. Because if if you think about, you know, and we'll probably talk a little bit about the Marvel television uh, properties right now. But the, you know, the Netflix series, you know, may they rest in peace and Avengers and Runaways, all of Marvel's television properties are in the MCU technically, though the movies don't really seem to like, care. Sort of? <laughs> yeah. And and yeah. I'm actually kind of okay with that. I, <laughs> I, I I I'm maybe in a minority, I have a lot of friends who are well, who really want crossovers between Daredevil and, you know, how come agents of SHIELD don't show up in Avengers? And it's like, well I, my rationalization is always, you know, I cause when when Avengers Age of Ultron came out, I had a lot of friends who were like, well, if SHIELD was there, we should have saw Agent May and Agent Coulson and and Quake Daisy Johnson we should have saw all the characters from that and I thought why and they're like because because it's Shield and it's and that's how it's supposed to be a shared universe why don't they care and I thought well yeah but they're just you know you're talking about five specific random members of you know of the armed forces. And it's like, and and it's like, I I live in the same universe as Barack Obama, but I've never met him, you know, (laughs) like, there's just like, he doesn't, he doesn't show up every time you have a big event in your life. And and I'm aware of him. He has no idea who I am, nor does Donald Trump or any other politician. They, they Mm -hmm. don't know me. I,
0: well, and, and some of the content is, you know, a little bit iffy on the TV stuff. Like I know the (laughs) Netflix ones like tried to reference stuff from the movies, Mm -hmm. but that was kind of about it. Runaways, I don't think actually has any true content that ties it into the movies. I'm a big Runaways fan. They actually Um, talk about it a lot. It's just really, really subtle. (laughs) I like, I watched all of Runaways.
2: I can't remember anything like that really, like they mentioned properly, really yeah. They mentioned in at passing at least things, not in the, in the second yeah. And yeah, the first season they mentioned in passing a couple of things, but then it's also weird because, um, there's a character in the Doctor Strange movie that is clearly supposed to be Nico's mother from Runaways, except that they yeah. didn't know they were making a Runaways TV show, so apparently, yeah. And so, it's like, not.
0: Staff of One is supposed to be yeah. there
2: in it, it, it is there
0: in Doctor Strange. It's like, okay, but Runaways totally isn't. Doing no, that. it's,
2: it's apparently it was just some other wizard with a very similar looking wand.
1: <laughs> but I was going to say for <laughs> Marvel, they know this happens when you have so much storytelling happening. Like Marvel has yes. uh, the history with comics where things line up and they sometimes, and sometimes they don't, they try and make them all line up, but it's never perfect. And they found our audiences don't particularly like they're not turned off enough to stop right. buying the comics when things, they complain and they uh, buy I think they, they trusted that that would happen with uh, with the massive narrative storytelling they're doing on a much larger scale. So they're taking the lessons learned in the comic book industry and mm-hmm. now applying it to the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the Marvel Television Universe.
2: Somehow in the comics, Wolverine can be in eight different places at once, as can Spider-Man, because they're the most popular characters and you deal with it. I don't know how it happens. Yep. Eh, just don't worry about it. <laughs> just yeah. don't. So in the
0: in the film and TV universes, it means yeah, Inhumans is a show that exists, but nobody's ever gonna talk about it in anything meaningful.
2: <laughs> Never again.
0: <laughs> That's right. Like they've released those episodes.
1: It really happened i'm very much but, but one thing i think is so interesting about this is i think this teasing of those subplots through the end credit scenes and kind of war you know waving flags that this is what's coming audience so you want to come back that's something that they mastered in their comic book storytelling and more so than building a shared universe that might be one of the the bigger innovations that the mcu can claim because like we said there had been some shared universes before nothing that mm-hmm. took over popular culture to the level that we're seeing with the mcu uh but that kind of teasing that oh there's always something more there's something next and you don't want to miss out on the next chapter of this massive overarching story uh that is maybe where we're seeing something that's a little more uh unique in the history of hollywood storytelling at least joseph you're saying that the tag team
0: of ben affleck's daredevil and jennifer gardner's electra film as a shared (laughs) universe was not as successful as the mcu (laughs)
1: Yes, yes, I. Am. Well, I was referring to like the the monster <laughs> shared universe of of Universal.
2: It's really what I was trying to get at there. <laughs> monster shared universe, the Kaiju shared universe. There there have been others, but yeah, uh,
1: King Kong has fought Godzilla before. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. Before
2: this uh, next next summer, it looks like he's going to do it again. But <laughs> I think one of the things that makes those work, though, one of the things that has always made the Marvel films special is the the kaiju world the the king kong world the dracula versus frankenstein versus mummy world of universal those you know they were a shared universe but not in a way that functionally mattered like if you were watching all the movies standalone and there is no reason that you need to ever like the ongoing narrative from of one dracula movie to the next dracula movie it doesn't matter whether or not you know that there's a king kong movie in the middle of it. it 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 it's irrelevant um to look at television the lone ranger television show connects to the green hornet television show just being enough of a pop culture geek i know that the lone ranger is the great great grandfather of the green hornet in those in i thought those it was TV like great great uncle great great uncle yeah might be yeah, yeah i think you're Something right yeah, like that. They're, they're tied together it's a family yeah. relationship and it doesn't matter there's no reason to know that other than it's just a throwaway line it doesn't really improve the story but the mcu does this thing where you know in in this this sheer brilliance they made 20 films each of which well 19 of which are a complete narrative in the in and of themselves obviously there's you know uh, uh I, I would I would argue that um, Infinity War is a complete uh, a complete story, but I understand why some people would say it's not. You know, it ends on very much a cliffhanger. But there are mm-hmm. 19 films which are uh, which are a a story in and of themselves, but they work like a comic book series or like a television show where there's a they are serialized in a way that matters, and you can get away with not watching all of them. Like maybe you're not a Thor fan, so you skip a couple of them, but. But Infinity War very much inherits from all those previous films, and that is something that nobody has done before, or since, really. I mean, like you have you have serials like Star Wars where they do that, but it's not the same way because it's only a it's Star Wars is a linear narrative. There's nine right. films in order, and then two that sort of kind of matter, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, no, but
1: the the MCU it's branched where like yeah. Thor is happening at the same time as Iron Man two. Uh, yeah and, and, and
2: colson walks out of one movie and into the next yes. Coulson walks out of iron man 2 and into thor and you're just supposed to deal with it and that's it, that works fine for me because i've been reading comics my entire life but that's a bold step for the filmmaking public and i remember
1: every, almost every review i read of iron man 2 said i don't understand this colson thing like why is this why is this there
0: like why is he talking <laughs> about new
1: mexico yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like, well, it's just like wait six months and you will see.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot to ask. It's a it's a lot to ask of it's a it's a lot to ask of the audience who hadn't seen it before, and it's having a lot of faith in yourself in a way that for other film franchises hasn't really panned out. If you you know, even if you're a fan of the DCEU there's scenes in Batman versus Superman that set up justice league and they don't pay off because they switched directors and they changed course and it, and it doesn't, you know, the flash thing just doesn't make sense. And to be fair, there's mistakes like that in the MCU. There's um, mm-hmm. there's the scene in Avengers age of Ultron, which goes through a lot of work to set up this magic hot tub scene for rag for Thor Ragnarok that, Taika Waititi said, nah, that's stupid. I'm not using that. (laughs) It just doesn't. It it doesn't. It it resets and it doesn't actually connect. And um, for me, the the biggest example
1: of that that early on is the 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 end credit scene of Incredible Hulk. Just they never picked up on that. (laughs) (laughs) They just pretended that one never happened. And that was really early (laughs) on when they're saying to audiences, you got to watch through the credits. It's all going to matter. It's all going to connect. And then you get to that. Which one was that? That's when he was meets the Thunderbolt Ross, and and uh, Tony Stark says to Thunderbolt Ross, "I need to bring you into the Avengers Initiative." It's like, well, mm-hmm. Joe,
2: clearly you're not enough. You're not enough of a nerd to have watched all of the of the, the of the Marvel one shots because yes, Where they that talked about they yes. did want
0: they yes. they wanted not the Hulk, they wanted the Abomination, the Abomination. But, but then oh, they, so they they did try to work around not. it. Yeah, they they tried to. <laughs> But That's, I mean then Thunderbolt Ross is a character in um in uh, Civil Avengers. War and in yeah, and War. in Avengers yeah. now. So he still gets pulled into the universe properly.
2: Yeah. It is it is t- it is picked up on in the most ham hand, like it that is clearly the worst of all the one shots by the way <laughs> it, is, it is so two guys
0: in a diner trying to cover up some some mistakes from earlier films yes it is a cut con- uh, yeah t-
1: right writing a continuity band-aid yes <laughs> <laughs> um so we're saying like uh, most of these as, as you were saying that are are very successful um the best rated on rotten tomatoes do you guys know which one off the top of your head
2: I would guess Winter Soldier. The it's Black Panther. Or maybe Panther, Infinity War. Oh, really?
1: Uh, Black Panther yeah. is ninety-seven percent. Followed by Iron Man at ninety-three percent, Avengers at ninety-two percent, Spider-Man: Homecoming, Thor: Ragnarok are ninety-two percent, and then Captain America: Civil War and Guardians of the Galaxy are both at ninety-one percent. So uh, Winter Soldier is eighty-nine percent. I would have expected that one. They're wrong. Higher. It is in my personal. Yeah, yeah, that one. That one <laughs> I think should be in the
0: upper nineties. I would I would yeah. put that one you know up there with Black Panther.
1: Uh, and, me, uh, are weird. based on yes. either your own and, personal preference and, or your theories about critics which
2: would the lowest Marvel films be based on huh based on what I think without looking I would guess that the lowest is probably maybe Doctor Strange or which is not my least favorite no Doctor or, Strange is actually up is mid level 89% really, I, yeah, just under I feel
0: like I feel like critics would be harsh to Ant Man.
2: I would guess Ant Man or AOU, Avengers: Age of Ultron, because Avengers: Age of Ultron has a lot. There's a lot of moving parts in that. So the the bottom four, I'll go Avengers: Age of Ultron, seventy five percent. Which when you're talking about
1: twenty films, and you know the fourth from the bottom is still at seventy five percent positive rating, you're doing That's all impressive. right as far as the franchise. Yeah, goes. like these are these, these are better than average collection of films. Iron Man Two is seventy three percent. Uh, Incredible Hulk is 67% and Thor, the dark world is 66%. Okay. so Those are your bottom four there, which I, I, I understand why those are down those there. Are fair. Um, yeah. It's, it's not my personal ranking,
0: but, um, but yeah, it makes sense. It's not, it's not terribly
1: far from my personal ranking. So yeah. in terms of your personal rankings, what are your favorite Marvel films? And if you gotta do like these ones are in my top tier, that's fine. I understand how film ranking can be hard. Yeah. <laughs> I think um I think Captain America is
0: the only specific like character franchise within the MCU that all three are gonna be pretty top level for me. I think it's see, it's the best collective trilogy.
2: And see, I I actually So as a trilogy, I have a hard time viewing Captain America as a trilogy because the three films are so tonally different from each other, which I enjoy – yeah, um, I like all three of the movies, but they're like, I don't think of them as a trilogy in the same way as I think of Lord of the Rings or Star Wars. Or yeah, as a I,
0: I wouldn't think of it as like a narrative trilogy. I just mean the Captain America films as, right. as, you know, the grouping compared to like the Iron Man three films or the Thor three films. Mm-hmm. I think Captain, Captain America is, is going to be my, my top out of those, you know, character led um, MCU films. That's all three of those are, are in my top section.
2: See, and and I have a problem with like Civil War calling that a cap calling that a Captain America American movie at all. Civil War is not a Captain America movie; it's Avengers then, two point yeah, five. It's, it's, yeah. a, it's <laughs> an Avengers it, movie. <laughs> yeah,
0: so, but but it, I think it's better than like Age it. of Ultron, so
2: it's still pretty good. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's absolutely better than Age of Ultron, which I which is one of my bottom movies. Honestly, <laughs> um, I have like I I don't none of them are I Winter Soldier and so winter soldier i actually think is one of one of my favorite films but also of you know in there also thor ragnarok the first guardians of the galaxy movie those are the ones where i feel like these are definitely in the top tier for me and actually infinity war i like infinity war for not for comic book geeky reasons but more for as a as a person who's a student of pop culture and film narratives i just think it's doing a lot of really interesting work um mm-hmm. i don't think it's a perfect movie i think it has problems um again a lot of moving parts and they're obviously trying to do something that i don't know if it qualifies as a film proper in that it's really episode 20 you know it's the it's the penultimate episode of a series of television that's been lasting for 10 years um
1: but, <laughs> that's a fair way to put it
2: <laughs> yeah so i so i like i you know it's the big battle episode on game of thrones you know right it's it, it's this one it, it's that here's where everything's coming to a head. And I think it's interesting, but um, but so I'm I'm all over the place. I'd say Infinity War, Ragnarok, Winter Soldier, definitely in my top tier. I like the first Guardians a lot just because it was so different. And well, and I think Guardians, I didn't expect like I thought it was going to be bad. So when I went into that, mm it's like, oh, oh, you've got something here. I see.
1: Yeah. Um, Winter Soldier is probably my favorite of all of them, but then up there, like right around there, Black Panther, um, the first Iron Man, I think is the best like individual film probably actually is, uh, like where it's like a self contained Hmm. narrative because it was the first chapter, but uh, like that one is nailing all the beats that you need for an origin story. Like that's the template Mm -hmm. that, Uh, like primed audiences to, to understand the Marvel universe. And I I think that was handled pretty masterfully. And I have a very soft spot for the first Avengers film only because there was such a degree of difficulty of saying, okay, we're going to bring in our um, Norse God, our sci-fi uh hero and our world war ii soldier and all those films actually had different tones everyone that like says that well there's like the marvel formula but these films have pretty distinct tones and yeah, they're they're very different different directors and and
0: all
2: of that and it blended the narrative formula yeah yeah i think there's a narrative yeah. formula especially to the origin movies but i but yes. tonally uh-huh. i think they're very good at you know branagh is a very different director than taiko waititi like yeah <laughs> and it's <showed>. yeah <laughs>
0: yeah when you compare even just like the the first ones leading up to avengers you have what john favreau uh yeah joe johnston um for captain america like this is different stuff yeah this is not the
2: same kind of movie
1: yeah and and to see that all actually come together in a way that uh not only worked but was like immensely successful again that like the first avengers movie is where all of hollywood said "Mm, we got to try this (laughs) we've got to we've got to get this going guys (laughs) um and so I have a soft spot for that just because of uh, it actually pulling it off, right? <laughs> like for everyone, like I think even comic book fans were still a little like, uh, is this going to work? Is is this one gonna yeah. is is gonna do what yeah. it needs to do? And it and, did, even though that's my least favorite version of the Captain America costume. I still have a soft spot I, for that. It's it's actually I think it's my least favorite version of Captain America.
0: I don't think Josh Whedon writes a good cap, and in, and I think he puts him in a bad costume too in Avengers. In Avengers, I, I uh, like in the in first Avengers. Avengers movie, yeah. I I, I like Avengers him better in in Age of Ultron mm-hmm. but I don't like him in the First Avengers movie. I I don't think I think Joss Whedon can't really do an earnest character very sincerely <laughs> because he's not very earnest and sincere himself.
2: <laughs>
0: oh, ooh, <laughs> he, he writes a cynic. He's, he writes a cynic very well yeah, because I yeah. think that's his his actual like perspective.
2: Well, I think and, when and he that, leaned into it kind I mean, of comedy.
0: and so when he's trying to write Captain America I was like, but Captain America's really earnest. And Joss Whedon doesn't really write those characters.
2: <laughs> I think when he leans into it in Avengers Age of Ultron, which, again, is not, not my favorite of the films, but I think when he, mm-hmm. when his version of Captain America says, hey, language, I'm like, okay, yeah. nope, Josh got it. That's, that's it. That's, that's, that's when it's right okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. and so maybe he just needed a little more time yeah. to, to settle in on him. Yeah, so I do like Captain America as as written for Age of Ultron. I don't care for him as much in Avengers, which mm-hmm. which is probably my biggest complaint for avengers um and and one of my favorite things about age of ultron is is the new captain america stuff
1: Mm -hmm. um but i I mean even just mentioning the captain america uh, costume it just makes me think what a weird age we live in (laughs) uh you know this this kind of niche geeky uh genre of superheroes is now the biggest uh pop culture genre that that's mm-hmm. you know defined the last decade of our lives uh it's it's very yeah. odd <laughs> I don't, I, as well, someone who started studying comic books before this wave it's still a little yeah. weird for me to get my head around
2: hey, same here and since <laughs> I started studying before it and also just as a, as a fan as a I'm older than you guys I was born in 1974 I've been reading comic books since 1979 and but like even just seriously, just I I would have considered myself a serious comic book geek by the time I was seven. So if you go back to 1981, and you tell you tell seven year old Mav <laughs> that you know when you're in your 40s, the biggest comic the the biggest movies in the world, the biggest movie in the world is going to be a comic book movie, and I go really, that's and, and that then, can't be true, and then you're going to go about the it's Black the Panther. <laughs> oh yeah, no, well, not even. No, well, so yeah, it's like about the Black Panther. I would have thought you were lying to me. And I was like, no, nobody's, nobody's ever gonna make a Black Panther movie, and it's like, well, you know that, uh, and, and I was like, really? Why? And, and they're like, well. Because Ant-Man did well. I was like, what? There's no Ant-Man. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> like, like, Ant-Man entire, did well. <laughs> the entire logic of this to try to explain this to me well, as a child. And I was like, wait, you you made an actual movie? Like, I mean, I knew that there was a Superman movie. That makes sense, sure. But you made a movie <laughs> with Ant-Man and Black Panther. And I was like, well, yeah, you know, but we'd made 20 of them by then. What are yeah. you talking about? We make three, you know, and
0: like and trying to and and really like try to go in that headspace. And think about Guardians of the Galaxy, yes. which was a dead comic book franchise in the eighties.
2: <laughs> yeah, nobody like cares. it was a
0: defunct comic book entity.
2: Yeah, it's
0: until a- until what two thousand two.
2: Yeah, yeah, and the, the fact that this works is is amazing. And now you know, like. Like when I was a kid, being a comic book fan was not something to be proud of, you know. That was you hid you hid that because you didn't want to get beat up. But now everybody Mm -hmm. does this, you know. Like everyone's like, Oh, of course I'm a fan.
0: You can actually kind of like weirdly watch this transition if you watch Big Bang Theory from the start. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because they actually lived and were like bridging the gap from like (laughs) geek culture is really weird and we should be bothered by it, to like, no, you can't like you can't get a ticket to comic-con because it's so popular
2: right like somewhere
0: in like season four they actually had to like span that and it's like this is a weird show to watch now because (laughs) it's still somehow trying to be like yeah but they're geeks and they wear comic book t-shirts but it's like
2: no but (laughs) that's like it's fine you've you're 10 seasons old (laughs) yeah Yeah, everybody does that now it it is it, it is a weird it is a weird thing to live in a world where every you know where all the highest grossing films are comic book movies. Some of the highest grossing television shows, many of them, you know, the most critically acclaimed ones, the ones on Netflix, but also <laughs> like even Agent. I'm a big fan still of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I get why some people don't like it. Um, when oh, we're Todd done here for this, Todd was yeah. all in <laughs> on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, still I, is. I uh, yeah, I I I, I like the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, i still do um i like and not outside of the mcu but still in marvel property i like the tv show the gifted a lot legion is one of the best shows on television i don't understand it and i've got three degrees in english <laughs> almost, <laughs> almost yeah so i don't i don't, you know i i am i am literally a doctor of comic books and i don't understand what's going on legion
1: but you know, <laughs> but I like watching it. <laughs> but I like it. <laughs> well, and again, um, tell and, and, eight-year-old you that there would be a niche, super cerebral superhero show that's uh, prestige television. And you're like, wait, what? Yeah.
2: Like, <laughs> well, first off, I mean, about,
1: it, about it, it, the character Legion.
2: It's like <laughs> about it Legion <laughs> On AMC, the channel that shows Casablanca on one repeat. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> this, is, this makes no sense. You know? So I think it's great. Yeah, yeah. We put Legion up with Citizen Kane. What? <laughs> <laughs> like there's no – the logic of that is just it's, – it's amazing. And I think oh, it's great. And,
0: and Mav, just to throw out an extra element on that. Eight-Year-Old You, Black Panther, movie, highest grossing film of the year 2018, right? Was, was that the number one film? It was the, in uh, the US, not international, but in the US, yeah. International. Okay. In, the, in the US. Well, yeah, um, and, inter- also, and internationally,
2: also, it was the Avengers, so, you know. Also,
0: was- <laughs> Black Panther, nominated for Best Picture at the Academy Awards.
2: Yeah, uh, there's no... <laughs> <laughs> like, what? you can't go back 30
0: years and try to describe that.
2: <laughs> well i mean black i mean and i don't think it's gonna win but it's it's nominated but it's nominated and then, and, it's actually and, on and, the thing and, right and then you go well that that doesn't that doesn't that's that 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 was a mistake right and, and you go well you know the year before logan was nominated for best screenplay logan you mean yeah, Wolverine? You know the Wolverine movie? <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> what was nominated for best screenplay how is that happening like at, you know at the oscars like and you go well, yeah. I mean, it, uh, it's like so. This is the the only two times this has ever happened. No, Suicide Squad won an Oscar the year before that. What? <laughs> I mean, it's for makeup. <laughs> but but it won. <laughs> it won, and then you know, yeah. We we gave we gave an Oscar, we gave best best actor to a guy for playing the Joker once. <laughs> <laughs> What world is this? I don't. know Yeah. Uh, so yeah, mainstream now. <laughs> superhero yeah. movies are mainstream. <laughs>
1: well, and, and again, it's not just that. Okay, the, these are popular films. It's that people are invested in seeing every chapter of at this point this twenty chapter franchise. Yeah. In uh, and, and like you said, uh, Mav, like it's not that this is like oh you watch from A to B. It's like there's this branching timeline and audiences are savvy enough that they're just kind of like okay we're on board with that we will <laughs> we're, we're gonna accept that i think there's a lot of trepidation from studios to kind of say well no this is too different we got to you know simplest we, you, you're uh writing for the lowest common denominator and yeah it's still superhero films and they're wearing costumes and there's big fights but they are setting saying to audiences we expect you to be able to hold multiple timelines in your head yeah. <laughs> and and know that you know when these things are happening even if we don't label each one within a simple numeral
2: yeah, there's no episode 4 or episode 5. No, it's just you figure yes. it out. It really changed for me. I know exactly when it really changed for me. Um I, I you know because I'm obviously I'm enough of a geek that no matter what I was going to go see all these movies. Absolutely. You know, and we made jokes about the you know the Fantastic Four movies which are awful. I saw those, you know, <laughs> in theaters. Of course I did. So, but like most of them most of them I, I will go to without my wife. She doesn't care about them, except for she did see, she did see the MCU movies with me. She's seen all of them, and she went with me to Iron Man. I, you know, I, you know, I dragged her to Incredible Hulk and Iron Man Two and Thor, and yeah, you know, and she she wasn't really complaining. But you know, these are these are clearly Mav movie picks. These are not Stephanie movie picks. These are my these are on these are date night that I pick. We're picking a superhero movie, and that's fine but i remember you know july of 2011 her coming to me and saying so we're going to see captain america what right you want to see captain america <laughs> why would you want to see captain america <laughs> <laughs> i mean yes we are but she's like oh well it you know i've seen the trailer it looks really good and she you know she's like captain so now moving moving forward you know eight years now she's like captain marvel that it's like and, and she i mean she is not a comic book fan. She does not know who Captain Marvel is, but she's seen the trailer. She's seen the commercial, and she's like, well, that looks good. So is it – she's a woman? Is she – what – you know, is she – you know, is she flying in space? What's going – you know, she's excited about it. So that's – I mean, Feige knew how to do something. He figured it out.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and I, I think we do need to make sure we give the shout-out to Kevin Feige, who is kind of the – the architect that's in charge of making sure all these moving parts fit together more or less. and uh, They (laughs) do not always fit perfectly. But uh, he's the one that, even though yeah, these directors are going to have fairly different points of view and different tones that are present, that it's still going to fit Uh, you know, the, this overarching Marvel universe. And I, th- I think we should also point out it probably took them a little too long to have a female-led led film or a character of color leading a film. More more than mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you, you'd expect it, it, in our current date age. But, uh, uh, you know, with Black Panther doing the gangbuster box office that it did and critical acclaim it did, we will be seeing more, obviously. And their mm-hmm. next film is Captain Marvel and they've announced a Black Widow film. So they are moving uh, more in that direction. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. And I, you know, and they're great movies. I, what I, what I think his crowning achievement is, you know, he did teach, he taught people how to understand this universe, this branching universe, this, you know, multiple chapters, he got people invested in it. But what really, I think, cements it for me, chapter 20 of the, of the MCU is, is Ant-Man and the Wasp. And (laughs) I went and saw that. And obviously, everybody, you know, uh, you could tell just by the box office returns. Certainly, more people saw Infinity War than saw Ant Man and the Wasp. Everybody who saw who's in the theater for Ant Man and the Wasp knows that it's connected to this greater MCU. It's this greater world. They know that, and they've been trained to sit through these post credit scenes that we were talking about before. And I remember going and in, going to that movie and sitting there, and you know, the the end of the movie happens. Nobody gets up because they know they have to sit there, and they do the post credit scene of ant-man and the wasp and if you've not seen it yet what happens is they're they're just doing the science experiment and then three of the four characters disappear in the thanos snap and at that moment just i don't know 200 people in the audience 200 casual comic book fans go oh my god they're just <laughs> absolute shock <laughs> and so so that means 20 chapters in He's still got people invested enough to have a, you know, a completely spontaneous, visceral, com- you know, reaction. Common reaction. To a post-credit reaction, scene. <laughs> to a post-credit scene where people are like, oh my God, no way. That How could, made oh my God. no sense. Yeah. It made no sense if you had not
1: seen Avengers Infinity War.
0: No. Yeah, but they They thought. really need you to have seen Infinity War. But and they were everyone, pretty much, they pretty much know. It's like everyone who's seeing Ant-Man and the Wasp. Will have seen Infinity War.
2: They go, yeah, they're on board. We don't need to. We don't need to explain this. And everybody's just like, oh wow, now we want to. You know, now they know these worlds are connected. So why were you even shocked about that? You know, Thanos has already snapped. You know, you've seen the other movie, but people were just like that moment. Just it tugged at people, and that's amazing. Infinity War starts off with you know, we re- we reviewed Infinity War on my show, and we talked about you know one of the things that's amazing is. They don't do the typical let's run you up to speed and tell you who all these people are. Infinity War has a lot of moving pieces and they just say, you know what? This is chapter 16. Keep up. Yeah. Of of the Guardians of Gal- music.
1: You know or you don't. Yeah. But yeah, we're gonna <laughs> yeah. play the music and we're gonna
0: put the characters on screen
2: and go. <laughs> yep. Or cap chapter 19. Yeah. You know, keep, you're up to speed. It's fine. Just keep moving. And and, and it worked. It worked. So that's, I guess it works. I, I don't know. I don't know if anybody will ever be able to do anything like this again. I, you know, Star Wars, I guess comes close, but even that, that's not even really the same
1: no and i i also do wonder how long is this version of the mcu that we know like gonna gonna carry on like they're clearly planning we're just carrying on with this universe we've got next waves of superheroes that are coming mm-hmm. in there'll be a new version of avengers in the future because uh you know the, it, unlike the comics the the actors portraying these characters are aging and they're not other than mm-hmm. uh than uh war machine they're not just swapping out actors <laughs> um they're mm-hmm. they're letting <laughs> these characters <laughs> age mm-hmm. um let's go
2: Oh yes. Yeah, a actor. To, but a lot of makeup there.
1: He did a lot of he, he really voice matched
0: very well too. Yeah, he yeah. was very convincing. Like a lot of people were really sure that
2: it was it was uh Hugo, uh, Hugo, Hugo weaving. weaving. Like it was really convincing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know because I hear people talk all the time, it's like, oh well, superhero fatigue or the bubble's gonna burst. This is gonna <laughs> end soon. But that said, 17 billion dollars <laughs> and,
1: and billion Black Panther, seven hundred million dollars and a best picture nod. <laughs> Like, I, I think, I think as long as <laughs> yeah. as long as they're making good movies, the the fatigue isn't a concern. If they start putting out mediocre films and trusting on the brand name to carry it, that's going to be where mm-hmm. there's yes, the fatigue will absolutely set in. But right right now, Marvel has both enough brand awareness that people are going to test the waters on anything they put out, and they have consistently put out good films that I don't sense the same fatigue that people keep predicting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and i think if you look at like the history of films i don't know i mean
0: i've taken some college classes that talked about films we didn't talk about any bubbles bursting or like western fatigue or oh, the western, romance yeah. fatigue or like the western I, definitely like, had things one. well yeah, no, things just we ebben, it just kind of they ebb and yeah. flow they ebb and yeah. flow but it's not like oh, a bubble sorry. burst and although yeah. it's like all of a sudden western films you know we had like eight western films in the pipe and now they're all garbage
2: yeah you yeah know, it, it, it doesn't pop. It fizzled out yeah it fizzled out it wasn't a pop it just like yeah. oh we're and tired. so if anything it's
0: like that might happen but it'll be slow and it'll you know take time it's not like you know we're gonna go next year it's like i cannot watch another avengers movie <laughs> like that's not gonna happen
1: no um i do want to give a shout out to what i think is one of the most interesting bits of storytelling that's in this massive 20 chapter thing before we wrap up and that is the reversal of captain america and iron man in terms of the kinds of heroes that they are where when we're mm-hmm. introducing these characters captain america is very much the establishment hero like he is literally a u.s government sanctioned hero and iron man is very much the outsider mm-hmm. hero the kind of character that we've talked about on this podcast before you know the outsider who uses um the tools of Uh, those who don't belong to society in order to protect society and women and children. Right. Uh, so he's going to use this violence. He's going to use, um, this kind of like skirting the edges of, of what's right. And what's allowed in order to, you know, for the greater good and Captain America is, you know, this by the book rules teller and across these 20 films they have changed positions where iron man is the one arguing we need better controls we got to put in guidelines about who can do what when and where and captain america is like no we we don't want to do that it's about doing the moral good uh no matter how it, it needs to be enacted and they've made captain america the fugitive and iron man the one who's heading up the sokovia accords and uh leading the government sanctioned team and i think that complete reversal is kind of an underappreciated part of the, the massive canvas that has sprawled across
2: these 20 films. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a, yeah, there's, I mean, that is an achievement to tell a story, <laughs> to tell a story in one text and to have an overarching narrative that sort of goes throughout multiple texts is hard. You know, we, we, we have television series where there's an overarching um narrative there's a there's an arc a character arc for people uh breaking bad there's certainly a character arc for walter white over the course of all of breaking bad but even going but like an individual episode of breaking bad most of them don't really stand on their own they're just they're part of the overall story and then if you go back to like classic characters like sherlock holmes sherlock holmes doesn't fundamentally change all that much from one book to the next it's just it, it, it the, the stories are self-contained so you know it doesn't really matter the order that you even read them in not really um but that but they've done it's a new kind of storytelling for most people i mean obviously we're more used to it if you're a big comic book geek because that's what necessarily because of the multiple writers and the 80 year history it's what they've had to do in comics but it is to to bank that to bank your entire company on that, which is what Marvel did, and you know a four hundred million dollar loan that's it. and to make it work, that's an amazing achievement uh, Andrew, do you
1: have any final thoughts on the m c u as a piece of American popular culture it just like it fundamentally is impressive, you know
0: the quality of all of the films collectively, the storytelling that's on display, the consistency in i mean It's I don't know how many hours of film and to say that there's not really a lot of significant issues with chronology or content that we want to change. is pretty impressive. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I think there's. Some low point, like they fall, fell into a rut of a big glowing thing falling from the sky, <laughs> you know, <laughs> as far as threats and and they don't always but they have the, the strongest only ones. Yeah, yeah, they're not always the strongest villains. But on the whole, I think this is an Fight enjoyable, multiple, yeah. multiple, uh, you know, uh, hour. Yeah, how many hours would be involved from watching all of these? I know when they do like the the back to back marathons, it's more than two days now, right? For
0: yeah, I mean, yes, it, at, it, at twenty films and, and about about two hours each, it's you know. Maybe two forty to two hours. Yeah,
2: yeah. It's, it, two to two and a half. So it's it's probably closer to forty eight. It, it's up. There. Yeah, it's yeah, about it, two days worth of content, and then you have to throw in the one shots if you're including them. And you know we didn't talk much about them, but Agents of Shield very much ties into them. The other Marvel shows not as much. So overall, you've got you know. A good eight or nine days worth of programming yeah, I, b- I bet if you actually told it all oh yeah
0: yeah <laughs> if you if you take like all the all the netflix shows because there's what like seven seasons between all of them and that's 10 hours each Thir- yeah 13 for most of them yeah. There is so a lot yeah, of- if you add it up, it's 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 getting into the weeks
1: instead of days. Well, yeah. what I want to say is there are nits to pick within these, but on the whole, it's drum. It, it just drones along at a pretty high level of quality, uh, and I think much more so than even the most rose-colored glass viewing comic book fans in 2008 who wanted the MCU to succeed could have hoped for.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, I mean, I. It was 2008. You know, I was happy that oh wow, they made three really good Batman films. Like, do you remember when when, when the when the total, third total? <laughs> yeah, when 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 the no, I mean even, I mean with the with the Nolan series, you know that third mm. Batman movie is not as good as the other two, but 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 the they three made of them three together pretty
0: solid of them in a row.
2: Yeah, yeah, three solid Batman films that tell a complete story. Look, you know, give those people an award. You know, uh, Jackson Peter Jackson won won the academy award not really for the return of the king because return of the king is frankly it's the weakest of the of the three lord of the rings movies in my opinion but the three movies together wow nine solid hours of storytelling that's amazing nine mm-hmm. now you're like nine <laughs> hold my beer nine. You know? <laughs> nine hours what is this <laughs> like yeah you know, so it's it's an amazing feat
1: Uh, And uh, as we've said, no end in sight. (laughs) These these are going (laughs) to keep coming our way. (laughs) 20 more films, we'll be talking about Secret War yeah (laughs) thank you mav for joining us uh that is going to wrap up this episode of the protagonist podcast uh for show notes and links to all the other great dueling genre shows you can go to duelinggenre.com also please subscribe to the protagonist podcast in your podcast app of choice and please leave us a review that really helps us out we would like to thank nick english who designed our logo and scott Tofty, who composed our theme music and mav do you want to plug your show one more time
2: (laughs) yeah you can um you can follow my show, which is yeah, uh, mo- a lot more like this than, than <laughs> your show is usually, <laughs> um, but you can follow us on at www.voxpodcast.com or you can find us on iTunes or Stitcher or or Spotify, you know, all those podcast places. And, you know, we we'd love to have you aboard. <laughs>
1: Alright, if you enjoyed this episode, you might want to go check out one of our very early episodes. In episode number 18, we did an MCU draft with uh, Todd Mack and uh, frequent guest Todd Peterson on. And in episode number 87, we talked about Doctor Strange to the Oath, which is a comic book miniseries that does tie into uh, the MCU. You can suggest stories or characters for us to discuss or give us any comments or corrections by emailing feedback at protagonistpodcast.com or us on Twitter. You can follow at protagonistpod at J Dorowski and our producer, Andrew, is at minute and our facebook fan page is facebook.com slash protagonist podcast we have really good conversations there with our listeners and would love for you to say hello anytime if you would like to support the show financially you can buy a topic for us to discuss or show your appreciation with a monetary donation by going to patreon.com slash protagonist thank you again for listening and we will be back next week to discuss another great character in a great story so long Guys, I'm going to let you know the situation. My wife should be home any second. I've got a crying two-year-old okay. who's feeling a little sick.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> I've been listening. Any- you guys are doing yeah. great. You're doing great.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I heard, I heard uh, the crying in the background. I was like, oh, we'll just... Dance. I, I, I
0: keep
1: trying under- to bad. mute it before. <laughs> let's, try to, let's try to keep it going, but I think... Yeah we're gonna need uh, joseph's
0: input soon yeah.
1: well I, I i'm gonna uh i'm gonna give you try to give you a launching question then okay. uh, and then i think i may hear emily coming so you got, I, I i've got bluetooth earbuds so i'll keep listening and then i'll jump back in when i get down here okay. so let me see if i can calm him down for a moment okay Just
2: a second, buddy.
1: Mm, no all
2: right you guys carry it for about five minutes and then i will come jump back <laughs> no problem <laughs>